to the Soccer Coach Weekly podcast with me, Steph Fairbairn. Thank you for joining us as we get insights and ideas from coaches working across the game to help you develop into the coach you want to be. In this episode, we speak to JF Scarfo, coach and club manager at Alpha Football Intelligence in London. During one of the COVID-19 lockdowns, JF used his time to watch, review and clip videos of professional soccer games. Now he uses both these clips and clips of his team playing to help his players improve. I caught up with him to find out more about the use of video, but first he shared a bit about his coaching journey. I'm from France originally, as you can probably hear. Um, I started doing my badges back home when I was about 18 or 19. Um, from there, started coaching a little bit with uh, about under 12, under 13s. Uh, hated it. I found it really, really difficult. Uh, didn't have much support at the time. There was no internet resources like today to get sessions ideas. Um, so you were basically doing coaching kids like you were being coached by coaches who were not really uh, good themselves. So I feel it's just worse and worse. Um, so after that, I stopped a bit, kept playing. Uh, then obviously life, started working, studies. Uh, so go away from coaching and then I moved in England uh, in 2014 and uh, I was playing just like very social football uh, Tuesday night Saturday league and um, I ended up being coached by um, a guy named Corey he's a FA tutor and he was himself preparing for his uh, A license so fantastic coach and uh, he just gave me a I just remember what I really liked coaching, that I really wanted to do that. So he got me into uh, level one, um, loved it. From there, I did my level two and uh, just finished my uh, B license a few months ago. I'm glad you came back to coaching after hating your first experience. Yeah, I'm really glad too, yeah. <laughs> so where are you coaching now? Uh, so I'm based in North London uh, in a club called Alpha Football Intelligence. Uh, it's a club that started in 2014, grassroots club. Um, we've got about 85 kids right now. Um, I'm kind of club manager, so I do a lot. Coaching, obviously, but also admin, um, organizing everything, making sure the club, uh, the club runs properly, uh, helping coaches, finding coaches. Um, yeah, also coaching at university this season at Brunel. Um, for this, for, I stopped in February. Um, and looking for yeah, new challenges for next season. Awesome. Well, I want to ask you, because I saw a tweet that you put out um, about using video to support young players' development. Um, and I guess the, the first question is, when might it be useful? With what age groups and what levels do you think video can be useful? Um, I think it's useful for any age really obviously with like four or five years old it might be very difficult to just even getting them interest but i think just showing them skills uh i mean let's be real the older kids now they're always on youtube instagram tiktok watching uh clips of neymar bape messi doing uh skills so they're very i think they're just very receptive to it um i personally like on in terms of tactical more tactical analysis match analysis i do that with 13, 14 years old uh, as the first age. I don't, I think before it's maybe a grassroots level at least, it's, it's maybe a bit difficult. 
Um, plus, we only have one camera, so I can only record one game per weekend, so it doesn't help. Um, but I think in terms of yeah, showing them skills, um, things like that, I think at any age, really, uh, it can be very useful. I think they learn much more like that than, uh, than trying to imagine and trying to understand what the coach is trying to say when he talks about a skill or a position on the pitch. So you mentioned some of them there, but are there any other benefits um, for using video? Um, yeah, for myself with my t- with one of my team, um, I know that we um, I could correct few mistakes or things like that with some kids. Uh, basically, it's like with players when you tell them uh, you're doing that thing in matches. Uh, it would be better if you change it, or maybe if you don't do it at all. Um, but one of the answers you, you you get most of the time is no, I'm not. I don't do that. Um, when you get the video to show them, uh, and I've got players like that where I kept telling him for years because I've been coaching some of those players for six or seven years now. Uh, I keep telling them you're doing that every time in that situation. No, I don't do that. And the first time we had the video camera, did three or four clips in the same match. And the day, uh, the next session, the kid came. He's like, he's like, oh yeah, now I see what you mean. Well, been saying you that I've been telling you that for six years, but that's all right. Um, so I think it's like it's a great value as well, not just uh, not just watching professional players doing things, but seeing seeing themselves when you can record them. Um, and I think they understand much better when they see that. I was going to say, yeah. Do you use a combination of videos of professionals or you know professional games and videos of of your players in match situations? Yeah, so we've got we're lucky to 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 have a video camera, so we can record most of the matches. Um, so every every week I do a I do a team uh, video session with my under 14s this season. Um, so we go through little things uh, during matches, um, but I think at that age, because um, matches are I mean matches are very in gr- a grassroots level. It obviously doesn't look like. Uh, proper football sometimes it's not that that organized uh, tactically sometimes it's a mess um, so I think for them to understand some concept some individual or collective tactics uh, it's better to link it to to professional matches that they can relate to and kind of see at their stage um, where they're at and what the end product should look like um, and even if even if it doesn't look like that uh, in their matches um, they can at least, I think, have in their head uh, a picture of what should happen. And I know you've made a um, a map as well of some of the tactical and technical elements that you can, you know, highlight through video. Could you talk us through some of those? Yeah. Um, so basically, like uh, I just talked about pictures, and I think you know, as coaches, we always we always talk about pictures, pictures, pictures. Coach the pictures you've got in your heads, but I'm not sure we really think about the players. Um, and how important for them it is as well to have a picture in their head. So I think having the videos, I uh, really help them sharing the same picture as the coach because you can you can have something in your head, you're trying to coach something, that picture that you've got in your head, uh, but the player doesn't have it. Um, so what I made, he started doing lockdown, one of the lockdowns, I don't remember which one. Um, I started watching a lot of games to just like, kill time and just study the game. And I started having a lot of videos, like about 100, 150 clips. Um, and I was like, well, I can, maybe I can use it with my, with my players, show that to them. That would be quite useful. 
Um, and then um, I came across, it was the Coach's, um, Coach's Voice webinar with the Crowley's brother. And they showed in, the, in that webinar their tactical maps that they made when they were Huddersfield, I think. Um, and I thought, I thought that was brilliant. And um, from, there, from there, I thought that maybe a good way to organize all the clips I had was to simply put them on a map on the football pitch. Um, and the idea is that every player or coaches can just uh, click, on a, click on one of the buttons on the, on the map. And it takes them to a video so they can see pretty much what is done in what area of the pitch. Um, because I think also, obviously, pitch geography is really important. Um, and that comes maybe more for the coaches when they plan their sessions, if they're looking for specific skills or tactics that are applied in specific areas of the pitch. Um, so yeah, it came like it came from there, and um, I think for the for the kids also it really helps them to see what professional players do in certain situations and in certain areas of the pitch. And just going back to something you said before as well about um, sometimes we can say to our players, you know, you're doing this, and they don't always accept it or they don't always realize. So it's it's good yeah. to highlight that. But do you pull out a lot of the positives of what the players are doing on the video as well? Yeah, definitely. Uh, try, I try every week, every time we do a session, uh, every time we do a video session to get at least something that went well. Or if I don't talk about it in the session, uh, I still cut the clips. And uh, so I don't know if you're familiar with Vio, but you can basically make clips that everyone can, uh, you can add, either tag players, you can hide videos and keep them just for coaches or show that to everyone. And you can put comments that everyone can see. Um, so when something's really good, uh, I've got a special tag for that and I put in all the players can watch it. Um, and if it's really, really good, I'll mention it in the video. But yeah, you're right. It's really important as well to obviously uh, highlight the positive, not just always talk about the negatives or the not so good. And what about practically as well? Because I know some some coaches might be working in clubs where they have a lot of time with their players or they have access to, you know, a lot of technology. And then there might be some coaches that have an hour and a half with their players a week. How can you practically make this work and get players to engage with video and share it with them in sessions or online? Or do you have some tips around that? Yeah. Um, well, personally, like even myself, I don't have that much time with the players. Uh, I would say each head group has got about two, two and a half, three hours of uh, training a week. Uh, so it's not that much. Um, you know, it's grassroots, so they don't, they're not always all there. Uh, video session, I do it only with one team because even for myself, it takes a lot of time. You need to rewatch the games, cut clips, tag players. Um, so this is really difficult. Um, but I think now nowadays with uh, even WhatsApp, just cutting clips, sending it in the sending it in the WhatsApp group, asking parents to show that to the kids before a session, for example. Uh, maybe your next session is uh, playing through midfield. You've got a fantastic clip of a midfield combination. Send it to the WhatsApp group. Ask the parents to show it to the kid and say, we're going to practice that combination in the next training. That could be one way. Um, or the map that I've designed, for example, um, you can just give free access to your players. Uh, on a shared on a um, on a drive or if you find another way and they can just access it anytime they want um, you can you can again message parents as then maybe can you tell your son to look um, to look at that video uh, I think that's a skill he could really use in his game 
um, things like that. So I think I think even if we don't have physical time, uh, a lot in grassroots, with all the technology we've got, there's a lot of way to to share it. And it should be very it should be very simple. And sharing that way, do you find that parents respond well to the use of video? Um, I don't know if parents really. I mean, they like the first time we introduced, they they were really keen. Uh, the first time we recorded a match, everybody watched it. Uh, they were they were crazy about it. Just seeing them, uh, seeing their son, their their daughter on the pitch is just. Uh, I think they just love it. Maybe with time, they just lose a bit of uh, enthusiasm. Uh, but I know the boys, the kids, most of them they watch it. Um, especially if they do something good in a game, the first thing they would ask after is like, "Is that what that was recording, right?" Uh, so they can watch themselves doing their skill or or save for a keeper. Um, I think the parents, um, if you can, yeah, if you can get them engaged and um, work with their work with their kids as well, making sure because obviously all the alerts every time you tag a player, for example, on the view, it would go to the parent, making sure they making sure that they share with their kids that there's something for them to watch. Um, maybe taking taking ten minutes a week just to watch at the previous game, check if there is any. Uh, anything for you and maybe for parents i would say if you can get them on the video sessions you're doing uh, it's even better they could they might learn some stuff too and what about you as a coach in terms of your development how much has it helped you watching both professional games and your and you know games of your team how much has it helped you learn about the game uh, massively um i think it all came from starting the b license where all our tutors were talking about was details. Um, and in the first, I think the first few days of the UFAB, you realize that you actually don't really know football that much. Um, you say things that you that everyone can say, but the actual details of the technical execution tactics is is insane. And uh, so I started, I used um, I used the lockdown for that. I thought there's not much we can do during lockdown anyway. So I can either, I can at least uh, use that time wisely, um, and then I also saw on YouTube if you know, on YouTube on Twitter if you know um, Paul McGuinness, and he was doing he's do, he, w- he used to do a lot of uh, little clips like that and analyzing like fine details of anything like skills how the players prepare, uh, what they do with their hips, uh, their shoulders, how they move, and he got me into thinking like yeah I should do that too <laughs> I really need to do it. especially if you go if you coach kids. Uh, I think you really need to give them a lot of details in everything they're doing. Um, so it helped me massively watching the game. And I think uh, just even cutting the clips now when I watch games, um, I'm just looking for I'm just looking for any any moment that I could uh, that I could record uh, cut clips. I was just watching just before we we talked. I was watching uh, Newcastle Liverpool from this weekend, and I cut about ten clips. Um, I thought it was, uh, and yeah, I've, I've really, really watched the games differently now. Um, so say you're speaking to a coach that wants to start building videos into their practice. Um, do you have a few tips you might give them to get going with it? You mean using um, for themselves or to share with players? Uh, to share with players. To share with players. Um, well, first I would say look at um, pit geography. Because again, I think it's really important if you start doing a session on playing from the back and you encourage your players to do 360s at the edge of their box, 
it's it's not gonna go well. And watch games, and you'll see that no professional player ever do a 360 at the edge of his box. Um, so even though you don't want to kill kids' creativity, um, I would say from 13, 14, 15 years old, you might want to stop them from doing that. Um, I think it's just um, and then in the, to develop your own sessions is um, yeah, watching at the details. Uh, when when are the skills performed or the movements or the combinations? What are the triggers? Um, who are exactly body positions of the players when they receive the ball, when they perform their skills? Um, and then really share that with the players. I would say only if you only if yourself you really understand the the details as well. Because I think just sending a video to a kid or showing a video to a kid of a skill is great, but there's still so much information around that they, they, they would miss. Uh, so I don't think it's about cutting, having a library of 500 clips and be like, well, I've got all of that. I'm going to share to my players. Is making sure yourself, um, you can explain to players why, why, why the professional player is doing that, when he's doing it, uh, why, it why it works. Um, maybe even having clips of uh, failures. I think it's really important as well to just show the kids, uh, players as well, that even professional players fail. They not everything always works. And it's the same. Why does it not? Why why is it not working at that particular time? I know as well. There's some um, teams. I think some higher level teams, and they particularly in the US, they get the players to do their own clips. Um, do you think kind of for for an older age group, that's actually really effective? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think for us, it doesn't it doesn't work just because it's grassroots football. And let's be honest, players they don't necessarily have time for that or even they don't really want to do it. But I think at academy or if you've got a group of players that are very, very dedica dedicated, I would highly yeah encourage them. It's much better. It's the same for, um, so that map that I was talking about before, um, I think it's really important for the players to have free access to it and not just uh, watching clips with their coaches when it's the, the 30 minutes video session of the week. Uh, because I think it needs to come from themselves as well, being curious, uh, see things, and again, they might see they might see things that you you haven't seen it yourself. You might cut a clip for a reason, but a kid or a player might just see uh, see something different in the clip, and uh, and that, that might help him to to change his game. And I have this is the final final question on videos. Um, so the team I coach, I have some players that are very self critical and. Um, mm. So I have a striker that if she doesn't score in the game, she comes away and she'll be thinking about it for ages and talking about how she should have scored and, and all of that. Do you find that sometimes players watch the clips and, and get quite critical of, about themselves or the way they performed? And, and if so, how do you help them out of that? Yeah, I've got I've got at least one who's like that as well, uh, a centre-back. He always not see the negative, but... He's, yeah, yeah, I should have done this, I should have done that. Um, so maybe I think like we talked before, it's... With those players, it might be really important to show them the good things they've done, uh, rather than the not the bad things, but the things they they could improve. Um, because maybe maybe they just yeah maybe they just don't realize if if everything around that is good, uh, don't think they should better themselves. And then maybe just use the videos to help them um, come up with ideas, making sure they know what they why they like your striker, making sure she knows why she didn't score. Um, instead of just focusing on Arvin's the, the end result that Arvin scored, just look at the process. Look at the process, not the result. Why you haven't scored? Watch videos in those situations. What players do? Um, that's another thing that 
maybe obviously in uh, girls women football you might want to to not use male football uh, videos because i think everything is is very different uh, just even finishing uh, the areas of the goal where goals are scored in the women football and the men football are very different um, i don't have stats really but i wouldn't be surprised if more goals are scored under the crossbar in uh, women football for example so maybe watching male football too much is not helping them um, and then as you say before uh, letting them cutting clips themselves watching their own games and finding yeah, just finding the reasons why they're not scoring not focusing on haven't scored had a bad game okay so final question bit of a different topic but um you know being from france and having coached there and then now coaching in in the uk um what differences have you seen in football culture for for young players between the two countries Oof. it's a tough one because i left france i left france about 12 years ago now yeah 11 or 12 years ago so i haven't I haven't been involved in football too much over there um what i think is first is more i think it's more structured in terms of clubs so i find it in london especially i don't know i don't know around in england because i haven't been everywhere but in London, I feel like there are a lot of clubs, uh, youth clubs, a lot. It, it seems like it seems like every other morning someone wakes up and be, well, I'm gonna start my own club today. Uh, in France, it can't happen. You need to have you need to have uh, youth teams. You need to have another team. Uh, if you don't have a, if you don't have youth teams, you can't have another team. So every club is structured like that. Um, you've got in Paris, you've got clubs with maybe four, five hundred players. Uh, just because there's one club for the area where in London, just where we are, there's about five or six clubs training. It's, it's not beneficial for the players because all the players are spread out across different clubs. And I think the best players are not playing with the best. So because I think it's really, really important for the kids. And if you look at the French national team, for example, um, again, I don't have the exact numbers, but... If you look at the 2018 squad that won the World Cup, uh, it's probably six or eight players that came from uh, Paris and the area. And it's not a surprise, it's because they all play together. Um, I think there's this, a little bit of the same in South London. There's the documentary on uh, ITV recently, uh, South of the River, where you can see how they just emulate each other by playing together. Um, but I think, yeah, overall, it's... Uh, I don't, I, don't, I don't think we're helping the kids by having maybe coach's ego where everyone wants to create his own club to play his own game to show that his way is, bet, is better than the neighbor. Uh, so I don't think it's helping. And I think maybe maybe we spend much more time working on technique, uh, more, more unopposed and analytical trainings, uh, repeating. Um, and lastly, the most important for French football is the, um, the street, street football. And that's something really North London, at least, I don't, I don't really see. I see a number of cages around there, uh, empty every day. That would, that would never, ever happen in France. All the cages are absolutely full every day. Um, and I think that really makes a difference when you see players like Pogba or guys like that. The, the skills they've got, they, they've, developed them, they've developed that themselves. They haven't, been, they haven't been coached to do that. There is just uh, it's just street football that can't you can't learn that uh, you can't learn that anyway in structured football. That was the voice of JF Scarfo. Thanks to JF for his time, and thanks to you for listening to the Soccer Coach Weekly podcast. For more from us, join us again next week 
or visit soccercoachweekly.net for practice plans, advice, interviews, and much more. I'm Steph Fairbairn. See you again soon. Thank you.